What is up, YouTube and audio listeners? Welcome to Plat Chat episode 127. If you're listening to us live or watching us live, we're late. Why are we late? Bren, where are you right now? I've aged so much in such a short amount of time. Well, I'm in a hotel room in Los Angeles, California, ready to work the first week of America's. I've slept six hours in the last 48, and today we had a four and a half hour story meeting. And so I'm ready to oh talk about Valorant more. <laughs> That's what I would like to do right now. <laughs> that sounds good. You should get on this meta. Yeah, I don't have a. This I don't think good. I can stretch my setup to my bed. This is good, I'm not gonna lie. This is, this is the life to be lived. We've been in LA for like two days now. Thus far, we've already been failed by the pedestrian infrastructure once, and I've seen more highways than I ever have before. Mimi, your be mic back. is peaking so much. <laughs> I have your what mic else? like at half. All right, that's um, fine. I think I have it like plus like... 20 gain on my side. I'll yeah, that's fine. Yeah. wake up. I'll wake up and do the podcast and fix my shit. Good morning. <laughs> ah, good morning. So, Rise and grind. Let's not introduce Seth. We'll talk about what we've been doing <laughs> okay. first, and then we'll get to this guy on the, my yeah, left. All right. Hi, um, we worked all day, and that's why we're doing yeah. it late. Hey, what are you doing? Seth, what, what did you do last now. night? Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I went out with uh, Wolf, Tasmo, Aaron, uh, oh my. Paper Thin, and Valdez, and uh, had dinner and some drinks. Nice. I'm, uh, I'm feeling peachy this morning. Yeah, was, you sound it. Was that to cap off the nice little uh, debut of the Pacific League? Uh, no, it was just to see Tasmo before you before you went back to the states last night over here. Nice. Uh, I wanted to see him. We happened to be in the neighborhood that that Aaron and the rest of Global stays in, so I invited him out, and it was just kind of a snowball effect, you know. Everyone mm-hmm. feeling Mimi, get out of the bed. I don't know how, I'm trying to make the bed. I don't know how it works. I'm trying to fix it. So, for those that want to talk... It looked unsightly in the background of the Just sleep in the other bed. Just leave that one. Sleep in the other bed. Well, I'm trying to make this a podcast, not a sleep. I'm passing out. It's a nice night podcast. Mimi's on her second one. Bren's on her third one. So you can see the other one, and then you don't see the messy one. Did you guys want to talk about I can't believe how, like, withered I look. (laughs) In this lighting. (laughs) I just look at I your room. You look like you're retired. <laughs> like your family just sent you off to the retirement home. Your girlfriend's going to knock on the door with her fucking wheel rocker thing. Her wheel yeah. rocker. Mm, her yeah. wheel rocker. What do you call it? Do stroll? we have the same art? Oh, I remember when we used to do um, the podcast back in the day. We, we did it in person and... I mean, it's just not like it used to be. Nowadays, we do it online, and it's just, it's not the same, really. You don't quite get the same level of satisfaction out of it, I suppose, with, with everybody together. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's How am I true. more alive that's, than you right now? That's the question. I agree. So, <laughs> a lot of stuff has happened this week. You know, the That's Pacific true. League started, EMEA is underway, and this Friday, the Americas League starts. So there's a lot to talk about. But the most <laughs> important thing we're going to start off the show with is a skin review. 
We're going to do the skin review <laughs> as the game loads. The altru- altitude pack, easy for me to say. Um, are we buying? Are we copping or dropping? I, I have like not seen this. this yet. This is actually the real first impression. I cannot wait okay. to see this. It's the game loads. Fuck with reaction. I'm not going to lie. I kind of fuck with them when I saw them. I haven't <laughs> seen them in game yet, but I can imagine they make all sorts of silly... I can imagine they make all sorts of silly sound effects and things. No! Oh, I'll do it next time. I forgot. I had this like... <laughs> oh, I made this, this funny thing most... for like the intro, but I forgot to use it the last time I hosted oh. and I forgot to do it again. That's okay. okay can we'll... we just restart the podcast? <sighs> this, this is one of the most episodes of all time. Stay, stay cool, Kurt. All right, we got uh, this. It's time for the skin review. Oh. Skin review. Skin review. There it oh is. God, it's us. We're in game. Wait, this is just a, this yet, is Ray's it makes rocket. Me giggle when he does certain things. <gasps> Wait, Wait it's dude. Aeroplane? What the frick? Is that a person? What? Look at him. Does the, Wait, Name that agent. Does the spinny when you shoot? I think so. Does it do the spinny? Show me the animation. Does it, do the it doesn't have an animation. It doesn't have a spinny? Oh, no, no, it's spinning. Why right would now. I buy it if it doesn't have a spinning? It's spinning, where? isn't it? Where? Where? You can't see <laughs> no. it because the, the FPS is matching the like Hertz rate. <laughs> so it's. No, <laughs> oh, it looks like, like, not it just looks like the helicopter is hovering without the propeller spinning. Yeah, if it's matching the rate, then it's going to be a black circle, not a nothing. Mm. There's no animation. Yeah, Phoenix is uh, flying this. Oh, wait, oh, KO's in the back. Is he like, oh, what is yeah. he doing? Is he a secret agent? He's chilling. Dude, this, this is, is actually he's, like, he's like the How gunner pilot that shoots yeah. backward for pursuing enemies. <laughs> he shoots you know? backward with what? Well, I mean, he doesn't that's, have that's anything. That's how you had it back in the day. Like an, an older like biplane. Bren, did you shoot out the back like that when you were a kid? When I was in the army... We didn't have any planes of any of those types. We wasn't quite air combat back then, but it's gonna breathe really heavily into the mic every now and okay. then. The same effect. That would have been the prime time. <laughs> oh, wait! These are no idea. There was little agents inside in of the, the pistol. Dude, this skin set rocks. Fifty-one dollars? I'm fucking buying this shit. Whoever, Friends whoever buying. led the design on these was off the fucking poop. Like, she's just, she's are... diapers sitting out of a gun. Yeah, these oh are God, wait, absolutely batshit insane skins. Wait, wait, there is a spinny. It was yeah, actually yeah, spinny. That's not a conspiracy theory. It was actually spinny. I told you. Holy shit. That spins, dude. This set. Dude, rules. this is this is sick. I'm not oh, gonna buy it. I got a raised Bucky one as well. Oh man, I, these holy. are dope. I, I'm I'm buying for sure. <laughs> I mean, this is a and they're cheap. I, I'm not getting I the knife they're... though. This knife is not for me. The knife yeah. is kind of ass. <laughs> not well. What does it? What does it? The inspect animation look like? I don't Could know. Buy it. Test I it. think it's just default. It's just <laughs> it's default. Just, just buy it and get into the game real quick. I think it's just like a fast default where you like. <laughs> And then you're like, mm. are you guys buying or you selling? What are you buying or on? selling? Yeah. Um, wait, can I see the buddy again? Buddy? That's kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. What does that say? Remove the flight. It. Remove flight. flight. Oh. It's like the it's, like, it's little tag, tag that's on a that, pedo tube. It, it's the same thing <laughs> that you see on like 
every douche's like backpack at the airport. Is that always have a remove before flight keychain or something? Oh yeah, Hmm. I know because my brother has one. No, Um, I thought that was just like Air Force like bootlickers and like plane people. Is that just like yeah, a common douchebag thing now? <laughs> okay, okay. Understandable, understandable. I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to cop this skin bundle, but if I see it in game, I'll pick it up. It's cool enough to look at, but I think the spinny would be too distracting, but it's not distracting enough because there's Dude, no animation I feel like... to pick it over a different skin. This is, I feel this like the sheriff is probably the like, most accurate sheriff in the Wimstone, game. Wimstone, please swap me skin. <laughs> I have to vandal Wimstone. Wimstone, I want spinny. Doesn't this sheriff look like it would shoot straighter than any gun in the game? It looks like a water gun. Yeah, it, it looks really like a water does. gun. I feel like this thing probably just like, I don't know, it comes with like aim lock or some shit. Holy shit. Imagine having I feel, like this skin set. I know and what like you're talking deck. about because I feel that same way about the, the arcane sheriff. But really, I always miss yeah. that thing. It goes fucking wide for me. To be honest, this gun looks See, like the bullet I, would I fall out of the gun and go into the <laughs> ground. <laughs> you drop, Seth, are you buying? Uh, you drop the bullets. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying this. All right. Well, Brett and I are the only one that had taste here. All right. Yeah. That's none of that segment. Got that out of the way real quick. <laughs> And on to the next one. Okay, so once again, we had the Pacific League start. We had the EMEA League start. It's still ongoing. We had a crazy upset in that league. We'll get to that maybe. And <laughs> Americas are starting, is starting this Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. But also, CSGO came out last week, Wait, and we want to know, Saturday? we made our picks, or who are going to be poached for Counter-Strike 2. So, <laughs> let me remove this. So Yeah, this segment is so silly. So, we, we discussed amongst oh, ourselves uh, who we thought, amongst the top pro-Valorant players, who is going to get poached for CS2. And yeah. let's reveal them. Okay. No way! <laughs> no way! <laughs> All right, bye. No so, way! Three, well, what? we actually didn't discuss this. We actually did this independently, and three of us independently picked Scream. Um, he looks great There's in no his picture, way. though. Um, Why did you guys pick Scream? Because he's the headshot master. Everybody, he he has a pretty big following in Valorant, but his following is massive in Counter Strike. I don't think that dictates yeah. where you play, oh, um, but I think there's more pressure on him than many of the other players to go back to Counter Strike. Because a lot of people I, I that are, it. a lot of the players oh, in ahead. top level Valorant right now made their names within the game. Yeah. I did it because he tweeted like some, he tweeted like a weird tweet being like, I can go back to CS whenever I want. I'm going to conquer Valorant first and then maybe we'll see. Let's see. I was just like, what is this? Like, you're, <laughs> you're playing, you're like on a Valorant team right now. You're, like, you're about to compete in the partnership league. It was, I just found it very odd. It was like he was responding to like 12 year old trolls, like who was like saying that he couldn't hack it anymore. So for the audio <laughs> listeners, Scream tweeted, people forgot I played CS since 2005, double space. 12 years ago as a professional, played eight majors. Multiple reasons why I left, but my love for CS is forever. So respect it, kids. 
My goal is to dominate Valorant first and maybe one day be back to remind you about the headshot machine again. Hashtag one tap. So how about be the headshot machine in Valorant? I mean, he is pretty good at shoot clicking on heads in Valorant. I just mean like play play duelist more. I know I'm (laughs) looking at the results. I know he played Razor earlier. But he still played KO in the first Yeah, round. Scream. When you're watching this and you post your counter tweet to us, fucking make sure you play Duelist in your next game, huh? <laughs> I feel like that... Tw- <laughs> the tweet that he made was like, oh, fuck, I just realized all my, all my CS fans have been unfollowing me for the last two months. Oh, shit, I have to tweet something to stay relevant. And he just tweets this. You guys are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the like uh, ratio. Hey, That's great. It is uh, great. Mimi, engagement. why'd you pick Vanity? It's a good tweet. Um, so this was before I saw that he got signed to, um, uh, to Shopify, I believe, right? It's where he got signed yep. to now? Yeah. I think that's yep. real. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, okay, bro is not going to be on a partnership team because the transfer window closed. I don't know if he'll want to play in a challenger team. We submitted this before that announcement came out. And I was like, he was a pretty damn good Counter-Strike player. He was a good IGL. CS2 is out. Maybe you get on the hype train, play it on stream, wait for an offer from an org. Maybe you get something. That'd be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, that's kind of why I said that, um, because he was a good player in both games and he's a good mind and any Counter-Strike right now, um, similar to NA Valorant actually does not have a lot of good IGLs and he's a very smart player in both games. All right. Shout out to CS2. Just because it's a similar game doesn't mean we have to hate it. We're just going to probably say goodbye to a couple pros to it because that's just what happens. I don't think pros are going to go back. You think zero, zero pros? I think the people who failed at Valorant will go back, maybe. Yeah. Like, if you if you jumped ship and you were like, I, Valorant's going to be easier, I'm going to find success here, and you didn't, maybe, yeah, you will go back over. But I don't think the people who are, like, well-established in Valorant and, like, are currently signed and have careers are likely to uh, because it's not a hugely significant change. There's some tweaks. It's a slightly different game. Sure. It's kind of something to re-spark interest, and maybe for some it will re-spark mm-hmm. that passion. But if you're vested in your career in Valorant right now and you're at a place where you're either signed or like uh, at a top level free agent team, I think that giving all that up and kind of having to reset to replay your way up to the level that you either once had or could achieve in Counter-Strike is kind of troll, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will just like re-spark the joy in the game for some people and that's totally valid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not everyone's going to have like the the Nitro situation, right? Where they can just immediately slot back in. Like, TL, I'm back. Please. Just kidding. I want to come back. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I went with Scream just because, for, I guess, similar reasons that everybody else did. But also, I just figured, like, it, it is that kind of situation where, like, if, if Valorant just doesn't work out, if this year is, like, a shit show for, for Carbine, then you just be like, you know what? Going back to CS2. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I was thinking. But this is just a troll topic. Nice little two little trolly topics to start off. This one bothered me. I literally brought this up at the bar last night with like paper thin and everybody. I was, and I was just like, I don't know. Like, you I don't know who to pick. Like, you, okay, real like, talk. Is it yay? Is yay the one? Like, I don't know. Like, you think yay's going to see us? Maybe. Who knows? Um, but yeah. Roll topic. I heard complete. yay was going to Overwatch. Is he getting like signed by like mm, the sh- something sh- spark? Can you talk about that? The Hangzhou spark? He's Isn't actually the only spark? player on the Chengdu Hunters. Oh, well, that's good for him. Dude, Dude, shout out to the Overwatch League. Let's go. Um, <laughs> big shout out to the Overwatch League. Shout out to the 
teams that are there and the players. You know, love yeah. them. Guys, what are we, we felt like we were a little too specific with like plot chat Valorant and plot chat Overwatch. This is just plot chat gaming now. We're just gonna talk about all the games. We're gonna cover uh, what you all guys the... think about the most recent PUBG major. I really liked it. Oh, Riv just yeah, casted a PUBG good. mobile tournament. That was sick. I watched the entire thing. All right. Uh, really? No. Or really okay. he did cast it. I didn't watch a second of it. All right. Pacific week oh, well. one results. Seth, take it away. <laughs> I also watched some of the I games. I spilled some on myself. Anyway, what are we talking about? Pacific, Pacific games. Yeah, they were really good. Um, some of them. Most of them. All of them. Uh, DRX won. That was unsurprising. Uh, they 2 0 Zeta. It was very one-sided. It was a, what, 13-5 in both maps. T1. Looking pretty good. Looking pretty good. Obviously, yeah. a tech pause riddled series, but they were able to uh, take down Global with the 2-1 two, two, victory. They absolutely got boomed on their own map pick of Haven, 13-4, uh, but then they ran it back on Lotus. It was the first time that we got to see Lotus from them, and they looked pretty good there. It was, uh, it was a solid game plan. Zeta kind of pounded. Very good team. W. Oh, yeah. like, is it like actually I, I haven't had a chance to watch uh, this match yet was it did you actually feel like it was like because I felt like one of their biggest issues at like lock-in is like in this they obviously only played one series because they got first rounded but for me right. they looked like kind of like clueless and like ran out of, like uh, like obviously like they had an idea going in Fixed. but once that was tested they just like never really adapted does it feel like they actually were able to like come up with new ideas in this series do you, like were they tested enough to see that yeah, I mean, I'd say that, like, compared to Lock-In, this looked like T1 actually remembered how to play the game. Because, like, the That's most good. puzzling th the most puzzling thing about their performance at Lock-In was that Carpe was the one who looked like he knew what was going on, and everybody else who had been competing in Valorant looked completely lost. Mm -hmm. Like, we did not see good performances from Zeta, from Zaya player, like, these players that you expect to really be able to perform, because they've been around the block. Like, Zeta on C9 looked incredible all the way back at, like, Champs 2021, when they knocked the RX out, and yada, 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 like... You expect way more from them. Um, so that was really puzzling why they look so lost. Um, but one of the things that we had kind of found out when we were at lock-in and we knew going into this matchup was that even before they played at lock-in, they had already made the team decision like, okay, we're going to shift to Zeta shot calling and not have Munchkin shot call because clearly he's on, he's he hadn't been comfortable with it. But they didn't do that move in time for their match. Um, so this was their, like, kind of, like, first series with, with Zeta Shot calling. They also had Intro, kind of, like, re-debuting, um, and, you know, obviously his first performance with the team in their first map. Intro looked right at home playing Viper. He did extremely well. I mean, it's not as far as, like, his KD is, is concerned, but, like, his impact in the game was really good. Sure. Um, and Zeta Shot calling was, was fairly clean throughout this. So it was much improved from what we had seen at Lock-In, so it was kind of a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I do think, though, that they they ran into a GE that was playing with Ronsky because sure. of the SK Rossi visa issues, and I felt like they kind of got bailed out, especially with Map 1, was, <laughs> which was the map that I was paying the closest attention to, mm -hmm. um, because that was before the tech pause issues and everything else, but... It felt like Munchkin was bailing them out by just channeling God through his fucking mouth sometimes, like yep. with his anchoring. Like the, his his just ability to pick up three or four kills and stay alive and never get cleared out. I mean, listen, a fault of GE, I think, as well, just not having the coordination for it. But 
With T1, their biggest issue was, like we mentioned, their calling and their, their adapting on the fly. I think Zeta calling definitely is way more preferable to Munchkin just because Zeta actually has that yes. kind of experience. Um, but I still saw similar issues. Like the <clears> same <throat> kind of like over-rotating, wrong decisions being made yet being bailed out because generally speaking, their retakes were quite good or mm. you know their util combos were actually pretty fleshed out with, with a lot of the comps that they were playing. Um, but they are improving at a, at a steady rate. But I just wonder... What what happens when they get tested by a better team? Like, what's the next matchup that they've got in the Pacific League? Um, Off the top of my head, I'm not sure. Talon. Talon? So, that's an interesting one. I think yeah. given the way that Talon looked, this, in theory, would be closer. But I also think that Talon's going to bounce back and look more like their, their lock-in form in the next series. Uh, there's been some interviews with Zeus, and he's been talking about, like, why they had that performance. And I can tell you're a League of Legends caster. Straight from said... their game plan. You hmm? say Zeus instead of Zeus. That is, isn't there a league player that's Zeus? Isn't this guy just Zeus? To my knowledge, they were both Zeus. Are they both Zeuses? Really? That's cool. I could be, I could be incorrect about that. For <laughs> do you know, do you know the story of why it's Ze for reference? Zeus is a league player, Korean league player who's like good. I uh, think it would be the way that it's written compared to like English into Hangul. It, it would be written as like Zeus. Interesting. So, that's why. Yeah. I've been learning you, a lot of Hangul and it's been breaking my brain recently. I'm just... there's, there's some interesting pronunciations for sure. There's um, also ones where it's just like, oh, this is supposed to be pronounced that way because you read it and then it's like, no, yeah. that's actually not. That's not like how F and P doesn't really exist in, in Hangul. So it's like. Well, there's that too. Yeah. It's like. I just mean like, it, it's really fun when you get an actual grasp of how to read it and then you read it correctly, but then someone says, no, that's not how it's pronounced. Like, Limun, yeah. which is just an area, is written as like Bok Limun, but it's pronounced mm. Dong Limun, even though it's written is... with like a, a G sound and an L. And it's just like, oh, go fuck yourself. Like, this is how it's said. Is, is Hangul like, um, is it like, like how like Chinese is written, where it's like different characters for different words, or is it more like letters? Or is it like you put more the like different letters. like things together into it? A combination of. Yeah, it's, like... it's, it's more like letters. Um, they reinvented the alphabet like several hundred years ago, and it was one of the smartest things that they had done during the, I think this was the Joseon Dynasty. Mm -hmm. uh, really fucking incredible design of the language. You can learn yeah, how to it, read it actually Hangul does in pop like, off. You, you can learn how to read Hangul in like less than an hour. It's the, yeah. one of the most well-designed alphabets wow. in the world. That's really you cool. You can learn I... it by the end of this episode, Mimi. Get on it. Let's yeah. go. That's actually really cool. I think it's so like interesting how like language is like translated into text and how that happened. Like, isn't it fucking crazy that like one day a guy was just like, these lines mean this, and everyone's like, okay, cool. And then like over like hundreds of years, <laughs> it like adapted to be so universal in that mm. like many of the world's languages use the same letter system. Like that's the fucking crazy. Anthro anthropology linguistics podcast yep. now. <laughs> We're, we're yep. pushing up. We're pushing up. We're, go, we're going past Valorant. I, past gaming. Talking so about anthropology. I the was trying to. Language. I wanted to segue this back into the Pacific chat because one thing that wasn't talked about was uh, Foxy Nine's debut in the mm. national. I guess it's not international competition, but playing for DRX. Mm. Apparently, he popped off. I heard Mako said he's like the best player in the world. Um, what's what's up with that? I have a clip here of him just like acing. 
Ah, this is the the very end of the the series then when he was able to get the save. So obviously there was uh, two kills previously, and then the guy was just hitting some of the like the nastiest quick scopes that we've seen. Misses the last one, and then he just kind of like finishes this one out in style with the, the classic. The rest of the team is like trying to just like rotate into the site to help him out, but yeah, inevitably he just, he just gets it. So this is just how he ended the set in his his debut. Um, so this was unexpected. Um, I remember I was outside going to get coffee, and and Ken Yang came up to me in, in paper thin, and he said like, "Oh, did you see our our roster?" And we said, "No." And he said, "Okay, I keep it secret." I'm like, "Well, Ken, you just told me like Fox is playing. Like now I know. Um, like you're not gonna you're not gonna like spoil anything if you tell me it's the same team from Lockins. So I immediately knew that Foxy Nine was gonna be in." Uh, Buzz couldn't make it due to some personal uh, personal things. I don't, I can't, I don't know. It's not my place to go into it, but everything's fine. Um, he just had something going on that was important for him to, to, to go to. But, um, so they kind of found this out, I guess, within like the last week or so. So there was a little bit of limited time to, to make adjustments, but they had enough, um, that it wasn't like super concerning. And mm. he came in and had a little bit of a slow start in, I'd say both maps, but, it, it just hit this like fever pitch where basically he started rolling and then there was there was no stopping him. Uh, Foxy just ended up crushing. Yeah. Um. It was it was some pretty nasty performances, some pretty nasty shots. Granted, I do think that Zeta made it a little bit easier for him. Uh, there was a lot of times where they lined up <laughs> and basically just sacrificed two people and like uh you know to a phantom spray. Uh. So it it I think that if he was going to play against uh you know a team like talon a team like secret you know gen g he wouldn't have as easy of a time by any means i mm -hmm. think that meteor would certainly test him um but i think it was a nice debut and a good way to just kind of get the get the debut out of the way and then be able to be more comfortable moving forward i wanted yeah. to talk about zeta real quick um they're one of the only international teams that didn't make any changes going into this year. Correct. And they just lost 13-5, 13-5 to uh, DRX, obviously one of the best teams in the world, but they're not playing with their starting roster and they're missing buzz. Like, is there... Yeah. Do, do they... Do they need to make some I changes? Yeah. Like, I think this is cause for concern a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Um, because I, I kind of... I don't know. I, I was thinking... They didn't make any real real changes in the offseason. They had like quite a bit of talent that they could have picked from in order to make um, upgrades to their roster. But they chose not to, and they chose to remain as is. But this was a team that was all, already suffering from problems. I feel like we were blinded a little bit. A lot of people were blinded by you know, their, their miracle run at Reykjavik. And uh, honestly, it kind of shielded them from a bit of criticism as well when they went on that, that kind of tear. But they didn't qualify for Copenhagen, and then they kind of got rattled around at, at champs as well um yeah and and heading into this now it's like we're, we're entering a potential situation where it just looks like you know apac in particular the pacific region is very strong three slots three teams are going to be able to make it to masters tokyo and there's a reality where we don't see data go i mean obviously still week one but if you think about it like there's a there's a lot of teams that you would probably place above them even now like you'd have yeah. drx as a as a a lock-in, I think, to, to make it to Tokyo. But then other teams, like, I, I would say Gen G's looking better than them. I think um, Paper X as well, uh, I think, are, are looking better than them. 
Global Esports, maybe if they get a full roster together as well, could be a contender on top of it. Talon, if they get back up to the form that they showed at lock-in. Like, there's a lot of teams that I would pin over Zeta Division right now to make it there, which I think would be a bit of a shame, right? Because you're missing out on you know, Zeta being able to play in front of their home crowd. Yeah. 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 I think I right mean, now, he... based on... Oops, sorry, go ahead, Beth. Go ahead. Uh, no, I, I, I was just going to say, like, we saw how, like, it, like impact... How like great it is to like actually get to see a home team in front of their home crowd that not getting to see Zeta there would be a shame. But I still feel like a lot of their like kind of issues of like just like coordination and ideas have like continued to struggle. Like I, I wasn't able to catch all these games, but I watched some of that Zeta match and I think it was their their Pearl game where they were playing the like the Harbor Viper comp and their like defensive side with that comp was like absolutely dreadful. I think they got like two rounds maybe against DRX across the board. One. Both, okay. both halves were... <laughs> yeah, One. Was, yeah. Not say, very it was, good. It was far worse than you're, than you're expecting. Yeah. But, <laughs> Twice um, as bad as I thought. But it's like, that's like a comp where like a lot of what you have to do is like build on like kind of layering your utility and retakes and knowing how to like give and retake space with like your sky and your, your control utility. And I just didn't really see them doing that. Like yeah, they just got like me, absolutely actually. bulldozed by DRX. It felt like they picked a comp and didn't know how to play it on the defensive side of this map, honestly. The amount of times they just gave up B and didn't like they gave up all positioning where they could have potentially spammed down a cove and like made it just a little bit less easy for DRX. But DRX were handed the easiest post plan situations in the world on B, uh, like yeah. over and over and over again. It was like a fundamental misunderstanding of how they were supposed to play against that comp. And um, they were really miscoordinated with their flank attempts as well whenever they were in the post plants to try and It was like they'd it. go to like push for like a double flank and then like one person would go to head or something yep. and they wouldn't commit to any ideas. Yeah. Very disappointing, I think. And yeah, I think you could make an argument that, listen, it's like week one. It's too early, too early. It's like nine weeks of play, obviously. But I don't know. This, the, the writing's been on the wall for a while with a Zeta squad, I think. And we've just been blinded a little bit, I think, by that, that Reykjavik run. Yeah, so, you, can't, you can't make the week one argument when it's basically the same team. Yeah. In yeah. a not-so-different meta from the last time that they played. But they did play um, against the strongest team in, in the region. So maybe you... And cut them a little sure. Slack, but even I mean, still, you I could say know. it's a DRX effect, but um, I mean, granted, you only need to make top three, obviously, to, to be able to go to Tokyo. But it's still concerning because I think right right now I still have them probably going into playoffs, but in sixth position. Yeah. And even then, it's still very much up for grabs. You know, it's going to take like another week or so to really determine what their their actual power level mm -hmm. is going to be. But I have them on that lower end. The scary thing is like that DFM looked more convincing um, in their in pretty much most regards as far as like their shot calling and, and, and the way that they were playing in their series. So I do have concerns for for Zeta and people have been you know saying like oh who would you pick up like there's no good there's no other good players to to fill in everything. I think motherfuckers should he's not Japanese obviously but he can speak it. I think people should they should consider JoJo. Um, yeah. From that North Epson roster, who was you know actively translating for Meteor during games, I think that he would be a really strong um, initiator flex that they could they could potentially mm. utilize. And he's a very strong player in his own right. Understands the language. Uh, his like side calling is also very very good. I think that that's somebody that should be looked at as they look to improve. And my wife is calling me, so uh, I need a moment. <laughs> I will be right back. On the point of like Japanese players, I'm actually surprised one of the Japanese. Um teams in franchising for Pacific League didn't look into picking up something. Obviously, he got signed to Paper X, but yeah. my understanding is he has been, like, a really, like, kind of, like, 
strong prospect in Japanese Valorant for a while that I think would have been interesting to maybe see one of those squads invest in him. But also, I don't necessarily feel like either, speaking, speaking more specifically of Zeta or also to an extent of DFM, the issue is that like we don't have a crazy firepower individual jet because I think they have that, at least in terms of Zeta. Uh, obviously, they're doing weird stuff with like moving around Dep and Laz and their roles and such, but I feel like it is more about like the ideas and the coordination for this team, as I feel like it always has been, because since that one stint that they had at Reykjavik, like you've talked about, it's felt like well, they just kind of can cr oftentimes like just crumble under some of yeah. these matches. D Detonation do have a high power jet play though as well. Yes, they, they do. Have suggest suggest is pretty uh, pretty good at the game, honestly. Like the uh, that guy can pound, but I don't know. The Zeta is the the team we're discussing. I think they've got. And they've got problems, and I, I think it is the time to worry. It was time to worry in the off-season when they weren't making any changes, and now you're just kind of, they're, they're kind of reaping what they sowed, in mm -hmm. my mind. It's but time we'll to worry, but they also played the best team in the league, and I think they looked yeah. rough, and I think a lot of the time, some of the issues of this team, the players have talked about it themselves, can be com co uh, kind of, okay. at least in part, be kind of like described as being mental. I think they've always yeah. been a team that has kind of struggled with cracking under pressure at times, and I think maybe that could have been a factor in the DRX game. Maybe there's some hope that they can play against they can play against some of the more kind of like mid-tier teams in Pacific. And I, I agree with you, Seth. I think there's a reasonable chance that they like make playoffs towards the bottom of the barrel in like the sixth or fifth position. So if they lose to RRQ in global esports, would you I say mean, it's time to pull the trigger on uh, uh, some roster moves? I think that any of their next three series, a loss would be kind of devastating. Uh, really? To okay. the expectations. Maybe less yeah. so on the side of Global. Um, I'd be inclined to agree. If Global, if Global get their full roster back, then I would, I mean, Global should be the, the favorites, I think, if, if Rossi ends up getting in there and can get practice into their belt. But losing to RRQ, I don't think they should be losing to RRQ. And I think they should be expected to win over Detonation. And a loss against those two teams does not bode well for the rest of their matches because, in yeah. theory, it should only get harder from there with um, the, the matches they've got as well. I think that um, T1's a team that you as well, I feel like you want to play them as early in their life cycle as possible because that's a team that is probably going to get better as the as the season progresses and you're playing them second to last. I think it's Gen G as well, who's one of the, the strongest opponents. So your, your easier wins are, in theory, going to be all in the next few weeks which is going to be painting the mm -hmm. picture of what you're potentially going to be you know up to whether or not you're coming going to be playing in the playoffs or um or you know potentially even missing out as well that's that's that would be quite tragic yeah i think there's there's a lot to be worked on um for Zeta, unfortunately and i hope they, they obviously i hope that they can fix it i don't want to have teams that you know you you write off before their series is even played but uh i also obviously want to see one of our our Japanese representatives be doing well yeah. um, because it's it has become a, a powerhouse region as far as like viewership and everything's concerned we've seen great performances out of them so I want them to do well but there's a lot of stuff that needs to be adjusted maybe it's just that that day one they're playing against CRX we'll have to just wait and see how they look in the next series but things looked really off uh, you know as we were saying like shot calling depths opping was also pretty inconsistent um, in those very quick maps so uh, they need a fast turnaround um so i'm hoping that they look a bit better but those are very crucial series for them to be able to 
pick up for themselves. And if they drop them, then yes, I'm going to be very, very worried for their future. All right. So before we move on, I wanted to touch on a couple other teams in the Pacific League. Uh, I was unable to watch the games, but would you consider the team secret uh, 2-1 over Talon an upset? Um, how do you feel? How do you guys feel about that? Like, <laughs> I, I was unable I to watch getting, the game. I have been getting reamed by <laughs> Filipino fans uh, because of this one. Absolutely verbally mauled. Um, and I think that I don't think that I'm unjust in saying that based on what we saw at lock-in, this was an unexpected result. Uh, as far as calling it an upset, I think that that could, that could come across as like harsh verbiage or whatever. It's a, word, it's a term that we did use on, on the desk. But the eye test from Talon was better at lock-in. I'd agree the with The teams that. that they beat, the way that they pushed DRX, it was expected that they were going to win. And... One of the things that I, because I was just watching the, the VODs back and everything, and one of the things that I learned, uh, apparently, from reviewing and having the chat replay on, was that people thought that I was accusing Secret of beating Team Liquid because Secret got lucky at lock-in. Now, let me explain, because there's clearly a, a breakdown in communication. There's a misunderstanding here. That's not what I said at all. What I said was that Secret beat Liquid because Liquid looked like shit. Not because they were lucky. So, be, based on that, and because they then went on to lose against Navi, I was saying it was really difficult to gauge the strength of Team Secret because they had a series that was incredibly easy that shouldn't have been, and then one that was incredibly difficult because Navi was a good team. So I didn't know where they were going to end up as far as their power level was concerned. So I thought that this was going to be a gigabanger of a series. It ended up going to three. The maps weren't as close as I would have liked, but Secret looked incredible. They still, like, one of the things that we saw from them at lock-in was that their fundamentals was great. Their aim was still cracked. Jesse Vash was pounding. Um, so it was like, okay, I can see this team is not only just winning because Liquid is playing poorly, but clearly, you know, the fundamentals are there for this squad but how are they going to look against a, a more even opponent in talent? And in fact, they just looked way better. Uh, one thing I'm looking at here is uh, Patty found is Pat now. Um, yes. They subbed him out after they won and then they got rolled. <laughs> yeah, this is, that's a weird decision that they're making, honestly, to play him as well, because this part of, part of already retired as far as I'm aware, like a couple of times in games because of his wrist injury. And now he's like back in it again. Obviously, it seems like they're, they're kind of having him rotate in as like a six man, which I suppose would be easier for him. But still, I mean, if, he, if he's going to be consistently practicing it, I don't, I don't know his own health situation, but I know that if you've retired multiple times for wrist pain, you probably shouldn't be, you know, competing at least on a regular basis. You should probably be a full-time bench player while you're, while you're resting and recovering. And right now, the role they've got him filling is like very much a, a filling role where he's not it's playing weird. that primary duelist. It is quite strange, right? Because we, I mean, Paddy's just a, you know, from what we know of him back in the day when he was playing on a jet, the guy was unbelievably cracked. Like he was paving the way for his team. So yeah. it's, it's odd that they've got him playing this position. I think it's odd that they've got him playing in the first place as well um, because I feel like he's the kind of player that you would just want to be Fully recovered. Maybe he is. I don't know. But it just seems to me that when I'm reading between the lines and seeing him retire multiple times uh, in his career for you know, um, wrist problems, then it just seems odd. It, it seems like he's unable to really like 
put it away, almost like he feels like his his career will be over if he doesn't grasp the opportunities in front of him. But it's not true. I mean, he's a super young guy, very talented as well. Like he takes a year off to um, to just you know heal his, heal himself a little bit. Then I feel like there'll be no shortage of teams that he could play on. And as far as I'm aware, he speaks pretty good English as well. But like, there's a lot that actually makes you incredibly valuable in in APAC when a lot of teams are you know building multinational teams of, of a variety of talent. Yeah, and one thing of one thing uh, of note is after their, I think it was after their matches, they, I guess their coach creative left and they signed Boy. You guys remember Boy? Mm. From yeah. like guess, 100 yeah. Thieves Boy. 100 Thieves Boy. He is their yeah. coach now. Another boy on the team. Yeah. Another he's, boy acquired. He's a singular boy, though. Not a plural boy like Sushi Boys and uh, Jit Boys, but they have added a singular boy to this squad. I mean, this is a pretty good ad. I've always been a big fan of, like, APAC importing in, um, like, experienced players' staff from other regions because I've always felt the, the big gap that was missing was never mechanics or individuals. It's always been the kind of, like, uh, macro sense of, of how to adapt on the fly and... For a lot of teams, like that got shored up from multiple international events. Like you look at a lot of the Asian teams that are at the top because you know, they played multiple international games who got great practice and they really did develop. But um, it, there is a bit of a gulf in terms of that when you look at a lot of the other teams. So well, a, a player like, a, a, well, a, a coach like Boy coming in, I, I think can add quite a bit to this team. Is there yeah. any other yeah, teams you guys... Oh, sorry, Mimi, I keep cutting you off. No, it's fine. I, and I, I, I do think it's important to note, I think he's coming in in more of like an assistant slash like strategic coach okay. capacity. Uh, Zeus or Zeus is still, I believe, the primary coach of this roster who's been their coach since like the X-10, like ancient era. So that's staying through. Uh, and also like one more point on like this kind of six-man roster thing they're doing. I also thought it was interesting that it was, I think it was Sushi Boys that they were subbing out. Um, when I when I initially saw the roster, I thought the plan yeah. was that like uh, Jit Boy or, or Garnets would be one of the players that was being subbed out. But they've actually elected to kind of like boot one of these main roster players to make way for Patafan temporarily only on some maps on a role where honestly like the Harbor, I didn't think he looked super comfortable. So it feels like they're overcooking it a lot. Uh, to me like I always think like six-man rosters you kind of overcook it a little bit and I honestly I really liked the core they played at lock and obviously they played above the level of expectations I'm not expecting like Jip Boy and Garnets to look like such absolutely insane perfect players every game as they did at lock-in but I think that team had maybe more potential than juggling your roles but it's only one game I guess we have to kind of trust the process and and see if this is something that continues yeah, I, it was puzzling to see the way that the rotations were going down. I think that if it worked, it would have been really neat, but obviously things kind of fell apart. Um, that fracture was just, I mean, it was one of the poorest performances, unfortunately, that we, we saw across the, the entire weekend. Um, and it just seems like Secret really downloaded the playbook um, from Talon after just, you know, studying the two times that they, pl they played fracture over at Lock-In. Because uh, obviously they beat DRX on that one, like with like a 13-10 or a 13-11 scoreline. Um, they just had a really good understanding of, of exactly how they were going to try to tackle that. So we see some differentiation and some new strategies coming out from them if they're going to be going back to these kind of like repeat maps. Um, maybe a bit more stability in, in the, the starting roster and whatnot, rather than trying to go for like these three-way swaps. That was like one of the that was one of the the unique things about it, and that's why I was kind of excited to see if it was going to work because. 
normally we we see like a one for one swap you know like band comes in for intro that kind of thing but this was like sushi boys is out for pat and then jit boys get subbed out for sushi boys and then pat gets subbed out for jit boys you know like mm-hmm. it was uh this kind of like three-way rotation that they had that they uh going through the series and i was curious to see it work but um unfortunately it just did not i don't know there's there's been a couple things you know obviously they they had the the, the new coach and and whatnot so we'll see how that adjusts uh just they was again whichever i'll have to ask him which one it is just to clarify <laughs> that uh so i'll check on that this week uh it's probably zeus but um he had said like basically you know we got in the game and we just didn't follow the game plan you know mm. um so it seems like there was maybe some divergence in game and whatnot from what the actual call was going to be maybe that has to do with like the absence of sushi in the in the first map i'm I'm not fully certain but we'll have to just kind of uh see what happens in the future i don't think that we're going to see a repeat week like that i I don't think that talon had like a peak in lock-in and that now it's going to spiral i think that this was just like a very rough start for them uh and then moving forward things should be a bit more consistent so we'll just wait and see all right well, I think that covers most of APAC. Um, obviously, there's some expected results, right? Uh, I missed all of it. I actually missed all of EMEA. Have we watched any EMEA? Because I was thinking about doing EMEA, but I think none of us have really been able to have a chance to watch enough oh. of it to actually go into the weeds. So I think what we should do is postpone... Watch most of it, but... You did? The... Do you want to do the entire EMA discussion by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> because I think Not I think it particularly. I think it's um, best if we try to just recap everything th- next week that we missed. I think that makes yes. way more sense as well because EMA are doing a super week in this first week. Okay. And that's yeah. exactly the reason I haven't watched any games. I think okay, the guys, one thing that's what worth if we mentioning. Went? What if we went to VLR right now and read it and like lied really quick? Here, I'm going to no. do that one second. No. Lied about all, no, like, all it takes. Dude, needs I watched to make changes. Yeah, Navi needs to. Oh, actually, Navi's Gecko stuff was. That, <laughs> that's, that's what I was going like, to bring up. Is that, yeah. I was going to bring up that like EMEA has actually been playing a decent amount of Gecko, um, which was kind of surprising. I guess after like an entire like week's play of, or three days' play of not seeing it at all in Pacific. Yeah. We thought, like, we really thought it was, was going to be the team that brought it out, but the NBA is, like, gecko-pilled. To fucking yeah, they've been playing crazy. so much gecko. I need to see how they've been implementing it. I, I was catching glimpses of it today because we had the games up, like, on the TV, but we were, like, moving in and out and busy all day that I was just catching glimpses of Angel just whacking utility against walls. Like the to he was like re, he was like bouncing back uh, his orbs to himself. It was actually I mean I, d- I didn't really think about it, but he had some like lineups where I was catching him like doing it over and over again, like outside uh, like uh, where was it A main into Art on Pearl I think like in a little window, and then it was he was just doing it over and over again and reclaiming the orb, and it just gave him constant information if somebody was peeking Art, and he could just reclaim the orb again, which was actually kind of cool. But I need to I need to rewatch the games or not rewatch them i need to watch them in the first place because yeah yep. we're gonna we're viewers, gonna watch it we're gonna analyze yes. it next week for the viewers yeah. we don't we don't we don't hate emea we actually yeah, we all really EMEA. we actually all really like emea it's just we all are very busy people and have been like doing things and flying places and there is just too much good valor to watch but we will watch it in the future and have informed and informative 
informational opinions on the information of Amia next time. We'll have informative information. We will have that. We only spit facts here on Plat Chat. And you know who else is spitting more facts? Disguised Toast, once again, spitting some facts. Dealing with a little bit of hate from the team he signed. But all in all, this is a pretty, pretty cool idea. He built the Clout Game Changers team um, with four yep. content creators and a pro player who is also kind of a content creator as well. Uh, Quarter Jade Kaide uh, Sidion. Is that how you say your name? I think it's Sidion. Sidion, Tenzin, and Tupperware. Sidon. This team? Okay. I want to I wanna start off by saying this team is based. It's a good idea. As we have seen by... I'm going to go back to Corpo Mimi mode. As we have seen by the current economic situation in our world. It is really fucking hard to be profitable in the world of esports, especially when you're just like signing a pro team. Like he said with his challengers team, I think he said he's spending half a million dollars a year to fund that team. Pro player salaries are expensive because you have to sign like five of them and a coach, which really starts to add up. So you need a way to like make your money back and to like have something that people will actually engage in and uh, like enjoy watching that makes it worth it for you for the money. And a lot of people, I think when they say, not a lot, but some Twitter users, which Twitter users will always say dumb shit off of this reacted that like, okay, why aren't you signing real players or like actually like dedicated GC players, like the free agents that have been grinding so hard and being like that it was disingenuous and saying that it was disingenuous of him to put out a tweet saying, who are the best players in GC that I should look at signing and then like signing a bunch of content creators. But I think that's super fucking troll because he's investing his own money into the Valorant scene and specifically into Game Changers. He's a big content creator putting more attention on it, who is also having other big content creators that he is signing put further attention on it by just bringing that cloud into the mix, which I'm sure comes at a financial investment to him. So I don't care if it's not pro players. It's just based that there's going to be more attention and more teams playing that are kind of dedicated and a part of this, which I think is really cool. You've seen the positive impact that these kind of teams have already had on NA challengers. And also to the one pro player that obviously the other players are going to compete and try their hardest to do something out of this. But Tupperware, great pickup. She was a fantastic individual player on Immortals. That team kind of fell apart. Um, and she's been looking for a squad for quite a while. But she's really, really dedicated to like the brain side of the game and coming up with ideas. And I think she's going to be IGLing for this squad. And it was also just a really strong um, individual player. I think she was playing a controller for... Um, when she was playing for Immortals, I, I don't remember per se, but I know that she's a really strong player and I think a good person to build a kind of clock team around. Yeah, I, I agree with all your points pretty much. Um, yeah. Because yes. it's, I think he's... Uh, Her team I will say, Benjamin. I, I, I was reading all of the, um, the, the point of views on this as well, and I can kind of understand why some people would be a little bit annoyed in the Game changer scene if... You know, this guy's toast was coming out and being like, I'm building a team and, you know, essentially he he never made any claims, but, you know, essentially implying that and then going for the content creator. But I still think that he could have just decided, you know, he was pretty transparent about his, you know, decision making and um, the level of, you know, research that he did and decided that he didn't have really have enough time to actually uh, end up committing a lot of money to a team that he thought, you know, would would get good value from for, for him personally. Yeah. Um, and 
he could have just left game changes entirely, I suppose, and not done something like this. But instead, it's like you said, Mimi, it's like he, he's just attracting a ton of eyes to it. It's um, it's only going to be like more viewership, which in theory should be, you know, attracting more attention on the game changes and kind of like bringing it up as a whole as well as the as the entire entire region because it, it's the one thing that has kind of been lacking from game changes as well has been a lot of that viewership i think it's been growing at a pretty steady rate but um yeah i think it's just it's just good that he is getting involved in in the first place and he was quite transparent about about this as well about um what his intentions were with with all of it so um yeah yeah i think it's also, gonna be a fun I, I team to watch I agree. I think it will be a really fun team. And I want to make uh, another point quick that is like, besides criticism, I think there's been two camps of people that have been criticizing this decision. One is what I kind of aforementioned where it was like, you said you were, you said you were looking for players and you signed content creators. And the second is people that are more generally complaining about a team that is for fun and like being like, oh, it ruins like the quality of GC or lowers it or whatever because this team is playing for fun. But it's like, Shut the fuck up. The the requirement for game changers right now, I think, is like ascendant. So like I I could go play and compete in it. And there are plenty of teams that are just like random pug mixes of friends and no one complains about that because it's an open circuit. And if you get a slot to play in the open circuit, you can play. It's fine. It doesn't ruin the quality because it's a qualification system. The best eight teams will make it to the main event, compete for yeah. that and have a chance for the money. If this team doesn't make it to the main event, they're just another punk team that lost. If they do, cool story. It's a fun content team that made it in that is going to get even more eyes on the scene, which is net positive. Yeah, I, I was yeah. as well quite disappointed with the general community um, reaction as well because you can disagree with the initial point that people were making, but I, I felt like obviously this guy's toast quote tweeting it didn't didn't help because that's always just going to be putting a ton of attention onto it, but. Um, you can disagree with the points all you want, but some of the people in the community's reaction to it, I thought was was a little bit like, I don't know, for some reason they just see game changes as like a engagement farm that they're just gonna like completely, you know, smite down with all their attention like a lightning rod for, for drama. But um, it, people were definitely blowing the, the entire thing out of proportion uh, and, and handing out, I think, a lot of, um, Probably, I mean, I would go as far to say as well, like just hate as well I was seeing around, which I, I didn't really think was deserved for what the points would be made. You can disagree with them as you will. Um, I mean, I certainly did, but I thought that it was a bit childish, some people's responses to it in general. But yeah, do I'd like better, to take back do. my childish response of saying, shut the fuck up. I'd like to apologize for that. <laughs> I think you should stand on that. My yeah. bad. Leave it. Leave it be. All right. I, well, I, I mean, I think you guys covered it pretty well I'm, I'm just happy to see further investment and you know what we've seen crazy things from streamer teams in the past maybe they'll uh they'll, they'll make it to you know an international f4q did it these yeah. gals can as well true that was such a fun era of Alan. i forgot about f4q that team yeah. was like super <laughs> hype i mean what is uh okay since we have the korean expert with us what is bunny up to these days whatever happened to that he's guy just a, he's a streamer uh that's it really yeah uh i that, to my knowledge, that's basically it. He's I had dinner with Bunny once, and his vape pen exploded in his pocket <laughs> during dinner. <laughs> in, like, 2019. <laughs> I'm imagining it like one of those, like, uh, like those bank, like, ink ink bombs or whatever, when you steal yep. money, just, just going burn, off just in his pocket. Just smoke coming out of his pocket in a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Fucking oh, my vape's blown up. Oh Jesus. Um, but yeah, uh, we, he's uh, yeah, he's just big chilling. We get we'll be probably talking about game changers a lot more in the coming weeks because I believe game changers starts on the fourth, which is Tuesday, the day after America's week one ends. So lots of Valorant to look forward to, and I'm assuming this guy's toast team is going to be playing in that as well. They so, will. Yeah. There's a lot of good teams playing in that. There's some fun pug mixes. Uh, it'll be the first game changers for V1, which is um, Mel and Alexis from Cloud9, plus um, Fluorescent, who is like one of the best like individual game changers players, and then um, Sarah and... Oh, God. I think yeah, I forgot somebody. I but there's more. really good players in it. There's really good players in it. You should watch it. Game changers is fun to watch. Speaking it. of really good players... Uh, Shopify Rebellion signs Vanity. They drop Dazzle. Shopify Rebellion obviously, um, you know, did not perform up to expectations. I believe they went one and three in the first split of the Challengers League. I don't know if you'd call it the split. Was it one and three? I think they only won one match. Um, it was not good. It was not good. So they uh, swapped out IGLs. What yeah. do you guys think of this? Is, uh... I think, first of all, like, the, the whole, like, Challengers run for Shopify was just, like, absolute, like, heartbreak after heartbreak. Every match that they lost was, like, a hyper-close overtime. I think every series that they lost, they were, like, two rounds away from winning it. And it really did come down to, like, these very late round, late game, like, ideas that kind of, like, slipped away from them. And honestly, it's tragic for them. I think that they played well enough that you could justify them being a playoff team, if one of any number of those like kind of one-off situations went against them, it was the moist series. It was the the moist series. That's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> the phase series. I think there was another one that was like that too. I, yeah, it was uh, uh, the oxygen one. Now looking back, was also like hyper close for them. And yeah, I felt like Shopify not. showed some good stuff. Like I think that they like proved that obviously the player quality is still there, and like B Dog is still. A top of a player. Moose is still like one of the like stronger sentinels that kind of exists here. But it really felt like they struggled to find their footing and kind of find the like late round ideas to win out these games. But what I also feel like is a little interesting about this move is that like Dazzle was consistently actually pretty good, at least in the games that I watched of Shopify. But I imagine this is something around the lines of like, okay, we didn't make it. Maybe some of those late rounds, maybe some of the calling was an issue, and you have you could get vanity without paying a buyout. That's like a value proposition that you're not going to get very often. Yeah. That I think it was only yeah. a matter of time before a challenger's team was like, okay, we have an IGL who's solid. They're not a bad player, but holy shit, we can get vanity without paying a buyout. Like, I think it's a great move for them. You yeah, think it's a great I, move, I guess but it, it kind of sucks for Dazzle. But it sucks for Dazzle because yeah, I don't think Dazzle's really, a bad player. But you can't, yeah. yeah, you can't really blame them. Unfortunately, uh, like, yeah, you want to grab vanity? Why the hell not? That's that. This is like basically the the base of my the the peak of my knowledge, I suppose, about uh, tier two NA. So, I'll shut yes. up now. Speaking of that, uh, they're they're still going at it right now. Moist versus G two is happening right now. Uh, but <gasps> oh my God, as we found it. out in the last episode, <laughs> this almost means nothing. So let's continue. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so nice. um, I wanted to do. Oh, one second. I want to do a fun segment um, that I, like I didn't fun. really tell you guys about. So, you didn't tell us? Yeah. You didn't so, tell us? 
What we're going to do is we are going to rank every agent's rule 34 image with a tier list here. What? Uh, we're going to show a series of images of the agents and okay, I'm just Excuse kidding. me? No, actually. Pardon? I was like, Kurt getting fired speed run. Like, holy shit, this guy's just got the 112. What the fuck? I was like, what is he pulling up on the on the uh, episode? What we're actually going to do. The thing is, gonna... I was ready to do it. No, no, so, no. Actually, no. You know, he was so convincing in his, in his presentation. Your... I was like, all right, here we go. Let's, uh, let's get this underway. <laughs> They're, they're, they're not like they used to be. I'm already well versed with these images. Right. Let's go. I'm, I'm... I inadvertently studied for this segment last night. All right. What everybody's been waiting for, America's <laughs> Week 1 prediction. What is this episode? This is what, what we've all been episode? waiting for. We are just on the verge of watching it. America's greatest teams, the greatest teams in the world, face off. And we're gonna start off. Are they the greatest teams in the world? We They're the greatest we teams in the win world. Any they didn't win Malkin. since Loud came in second place. And they almost won a tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Loud won champs. Optic won the first one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sentinels. Won the first the very first one. No, the first yeah. one in twenty twenty two, you know what I mean. Like Speaking... each year is a different era. 2021. No, I, I Optic won the first one in 2022, and Sentinel yeah, won said, the first one in 2022. You said Sentinel won in 2022, is what you but said. they both won the first one, just different first ones. But not the one in 2022. But you said Kurt, the first Kurt, one Kurt, in 2022. Please, 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 please. My brain is like leaking no, out of my ears. I, we gotta, we gotta start. Pour some water on your head, Bren. Let's go. We gotta, All right, we so gotta start. match of the week is going to be the first match of the week. Oh. <gasps> we oh got God. Sentinels versus oh 100 Thieves. Everyone mm. except for Seth oh. picked 100 what? Thieves to win. Seth, so, explain yourself. Why do you believe I, I will explain. Sentinels? This is very simple. A, I knew that everyone else was going to pick 100 Thieves, and I wanted to be different. Because mm. if, I mm. am, if I'm different, then you can't get a plat chat guarantee, and I can't be blamed for 100 Thieves loss. Bro, B, Mike's HDOs you a drink. You've dodged a plat chat guarantee. <laughs> B, I simply DM'd Zekin. I said, hey, you're going to win this match, right? And he said, yeah, of course. And I went, all right, locking it in. <laughs> I respect that. You, you did that the deep logic. dive. <laughs> I, so just, I, you know, I just figured the, that he's, he's, a, he's a strapping young lad. He wouldn't lie to me. I'm an, I'm an elder to him. So uh, yep. I, uh, I trusted in the youth. And Zekin said that they were going to win. So there you go. I do I heard... think this series is going to be closer than people think, though. Um, because I think if you purely yep. go off the strength of schedule from lock-in, you would say it's, it's actually quite even. But these are two teams where I think Sentinels, people are overly harsh on them. They attract a lot of criticism, right? Because they are probably the biggest org in Valorant in terms of player base. Maybe you can make an argument now for like Carmen Core or you know, some of the other um, newer teams that have just kind of like imported fan bases that are incredibly annoying. Um, but the... the um, it's hard to tell, I think, the, the true strength of Sentinels, especially given the fact that they've had a, a couple more weeks as well to prep now, because I feel like mm -hmm. they were... Yeah. I, it was almost like their practice got delayed a little bit from having to play in that Tarek Ludwig event. I don't think they wanted to play in it. I think that they were kind of like... had their arm bended a little bit that they had to, had to play in it, because obviously, like, you know, Tarek's all good Sentinels, and so they're like, 
come on guys play in this one and they're like well we don't want to reveal anything let's play double duelist comps and you know not actually get Do you too think much the corpo stuff. guy who was the corpo guy that came on the ludwig Terrick event Rob, that was Rob a crazy Moore, the time CEO? yeah was that that was like john sentinels right yeah that was john Rob sentinels. sentinels yeah okay but my, my point is that i think that sentinels had kind of had a bit of a delay in terms of how much practice they could get early on and so i think this will be a closer match than anticipated if you purely go off the strength of schedule of like how they performed at lock-in 100 these would be the obvious sure. choice but uh don't count out sentinels i don't know if i would say 100 these is an obvious choice here because we only got to see sentinels in a game versus fanatic the team that went on to win it and i think they struggled to adapt but i felt like in both those maps fanatic was mostly just playing a really really solid game and there was gaps in sentinels i think their their haven game they did a really bad job of like breaking killjoy utility and like properly taking their time to default i also felt like their a execs like constantly left a gap like there was like 50 rounds in a row where fanatic managed to like leave a player short and get kills but i feel like those are all things that are very fixable with time and since they got eliminated like immediately they've had like a month and a half to come home and prep and get settled into los angeles and for 100 thieves they were uh, they actually showed some struggles at lock-in like i think the cryo role is still up in the air is yeah. he going to lean into the jet are they going to keep this identity of of playing him on different roles and kind of making him flex around it's kind of a big question for them. Uh, are they going to keep doing this stuff like focusing on the mid round? Or are they going to go back to the stuff where they were like playing very like structured and like set plays? I don't know. They have to like find a balance that works for them. But I predicted 100 Thieves in this matchup, even though I think it's close. I was playing some ascendant five stacked sweaty ranked games. I queued against Mike's HD. We had a very, very hard fought battle on Ascent. It went the diff diff distance. I was playing Astra, he was playing Omen. It was the, the game of our career. And afterwards, after a 13-11 loss to him, he, he messaged me GG's. And then he said, you guys won't have to do a plat chat segment about being disappointed in us this time. Really? So okay. they're gonna win it all. They're gonna <laughs> yeah. win it all. All right. Yep. Do you think they're it's as simple it as just Taking cryo off if they, if he race. beats me in the rank game, he's gonna win. I think a lot. He's the best part. ascendant three player in the world, <laughs> so he must be the best coach in the world. I think um, a hundred thieves went. By the way, you're gonna sneak peek at the desk. By the way, because this is all I was talking about today, but um, in our fucking story being, but the one of the biggest things that um, that I felt like if you if you define a hundred thieves success. Previously, it was very, very good structure that they had on the team. And 2023 lock-in was like going much more in the opposite way, it felt like, and trying to um, really put a test to, to how well they could adapt in their mid-rounding and their calls to be made. But mm -hmm. I think that with that play style comes the necessity to have a playmaker. And when Cryo was playing like the Omen, it's not a bad role for him, but he's being more of a team player. He's not being enabled to be that star player. So I think if they start putting cryo in a position where you can really just like fry and take over a game on a comfort role like jet more it sounds very one-dimensional sounds like almost the antithesis to analysis but that's why i like valorant because sometimes you just shoot people in the head and you're just fucking better you know what i mean like you don't need you don't need strats sometimes you can just be fucking better than the opponent and uh and listen throw your nerd shit out the window i'm burning your notebook timmy i'm shoving you in a locker i'm stealing your lunch money don't don't come at me with that shit when when cryo's wide swinging you and popping you in the head you're gonna be crying so i hope that they move in that direction they might not they might make me look like a fucking idiot but we'll see i, mean, I, I think what game. you're saying is like 
I think what you're saying is true is like true, but I also feel like people kind of like I feel like sometimes overstate uh, like how much like giving someone a comfort role like say Jet in this case is just about like comfort and like making them play better individually. I feel like the point that really resonated with me that you made was that like their style, if they're going to be more reliant on these mid rounds, having a jet gives them a lot more options. Cause it's yeah. a lot easier to kind of like either gambit your jet for space on the defensive side or uh, have like a set play early to get space, get an opening kill and then reset and play the mid round off that. And I think those kind of solutions are what we're talking about in striking the balance between the old kind of like super structured preset play stuff that they used to do and the more kind of free flowing stuff now. And I think a role change, could succeed at that but i also think there are better uh, there are other solutions if they've had more time if they want to lean the other direction it'll be difficult but i think it is still possible and it's about how hundred thieves wants to define themselves this year yeah i think it's going to be i think it's going to go to distance but i think we're going to see less omen and rays from cryo and i do think that is a huge deciding factor in hundred thieves victory over sentinels all right Let's go to the next match. We got Crew versus Furia. Surely Who this do? is a guarantee, right? Surely this is it's a guarantee. Yeah. It's a guarantee. Is it a guarantee? Yeah. Oh, we all picked we all picked Furia it over all. Crew. Are we, we going to, to guarantee? It's a guarantee. No, yeah, we, we don't, don't get, get to choose. choose. It's, we it's don't get just, to choose. just it's no matter what. It's a guarantee. Guarantee it, Kurt. All right, guys. Uh, ready? Three, two. That's a guarantee. <laughs> That's a great Fury. photo. Yeah, Furia no. is taking it. I, I, I'm assuming this is your mic, meaning that you have like a little like magnetized yeah. microphone. It looks like you've just left the store without taking off the security tag. <laughs> yeah, I stole this hoodie from just the Target across the street. Forgotten. I just didn't remove it. The Walmart security is banging down my door, but we got to finish the podcast, <laughs> so I'm not going to let it. I so think Furia looks like the better team just from what we saw. Like the only thing we can really judge us off is, is locking, but crew are looking particularly lost as a team, aren't they? I mean they, they made some changes, but uh, yeah. I don't think it will solve a lot of their problems. And Furia looked like a team with quite a lot going for them actually from from what we witnessed at, at lock in. Maybe you can argue that they're not gonna have that crowd buff anymore, but um, I don't know. I think that they should be clear favorites in this one. Yeah, I think for me, this is, I was a little bit on the fence, but I had to go with Fury just given the way that they were able to, to push Fnatic, at least at, at, on that Haven map, and go into what was like triple overtime or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was like a 1917, uh, you know, loss. And then obviously things kind of fell apart for them uh, after that. But I think that they have a, a really good drive. Um, this was mostly, this came down to, do I still believe in the, in the crew versus Brazil buff aspect? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that with with Kesson coming back over, he absolutely could swing things. I just don't know if there's enough time to get him like reacclimated to the to the team. Uh, I think Furia looks scary, so I think that this is kind of the the end of that for Crew. But we'll see. Yeah. Also, Crew is gonna like kind of have to like recook some things here because like you mentioned the changes, Brent. But it's like we've dropped our coach Lizo, who we've had since uh, since owner left the team. We've dropped uh, Shandy, who I believe is IGLing at the last event, which was a change. So it was like Klaus was calling, and then it was like, okay, we're going to try having Shandy call. And then it's like, eh, nah, fuck, fuck that. We're going to drop Shandy after like playing literally one game versus probably the second best Amiya team, who was like pounding that event. And then they're also like, oh, okay, we need a new star player. But they just they re-signed Kesnet. Minus Kesnet plus Kesnet. And Kesnet is a good player, 
But I don't think re-signing the guy that, well, you hit your peaks with, you were also kind of hitting your slump era with, is going to be like a fix-all to suddenly make crew good. I think having to yeah, change your nice. RGL, integrate a new... I don't know. It's something to gesticulate with. Just ignore <laughs> it. Anyways, continuing on with my point. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be enough for a crew to actually re-hit the heights. Because I think the expectation should be, like, if they're not getting back to the point where they're, like, making international events and actually being, like, fighting to be, like, fighting with Leviathan to be, like, the best LATAM team, I think that's, a, in a way, a disappointment because they've seen what, this, what heights this team can hit. And I just don't think we're going to be able to see that at least not with this time in the first few weeks of america's maybe they'll cook stuff up maybe because it will become god's gift to valorant but in my opinion furia just impressed me so so much um at lock-in they lost to fanatic but their ideas were really good their coordination was on point mw zara is the truth i think this team will win and i think it'll be pretty one-sided yeah i'm curious to, i think they will win but i i'm curious to see by how dominant they are because i do think they could be the dark horse in na that no one's really talking about. Like, I maybe they'll match up well against 100 Thieves Sentinels. Who knows? Um, yeah, we got the plat check guarantee for Furia over Crew Esports. And the next match is Loud versus Made in Brazil. And we got another guarantee. Oh, oh what the oh fuck? Oh my God, I wasn't even ready <laughs> for that. <laughs> I scratched my fucking eye. What the fuck? He just let it rip. This is... Jesus. In my opinion, this is the most one-sided match of the week. It's Brazil versus Brazil. Reddit but sake. you got one of the best teams in the world versus um, probably the worst Brazilian team of the three. So, Yeah. They definitely look uh, the, the poorest, unfortunately. Um, yeah. I'm hoping that with some more time, MIBR will you know have improved, uh, just given the, you know, the obviously the coaching staff that they have, uh, but it was a an unfortunate look. But even with improvements, I think uh, even what we saw from Loud at lock-in, you would be a madman to say anything yeah. other than Loud here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I felt like MIBR, uh, they were a little bit in the ragu spaghetti sauce um, in their game against Talon. I, I felt like they played two close games that I think both of their maps were winnable for them, but I felt like in the like the later parts of the game, uh, it felt like their IGL kind of was running out of ideas and like doing the same things over and over again. Like on their Haven thing, I remember them going for like similar site executes, like multiple rounds in a row on their attacking side that kind of kept falling apart. And then Talon built this big lead up and they never really managed to recoup from that, which uh, was a very worrying sign. When they did get timeouts though from Bazooka, they were able to come up with some new ideas and help out. It's just, for me, a question of, is there still enough time to develop this talent into a team that can compete? Obviously, Heat's going to be good. FRZ is going to be solid. He's always been solid. But being the IGL and also now playing against the best team from your home country and playing against um, not just that, but probably the squad who has made like some of the best improvements in the offseason is going to be such a difficult task. Um, yeah, Lod's really good. But the storylines are going to be cool, at least. Like, having Bazooka play against his old team. FRZ used to play with Sadak and kind of, like, looks up to him. Like, it'll be at least, like, an interesting match to be like, oh, that's a cool story. And then, like, watch them get 13-5 twice. Is there anything yep. else to say? I'm just curious to see how huh? both the teams look, I guess, like, outside of Brazil and how they're going to be playing now that they've been in L.A., uh, I suppose. You know, see see what the... 
adjustments to gameplay look like uh, in a, a more like foreign environment, I suppose. But aside from that, yeah, loud, loud, loud W. All right, so for this the... one's uh, honestly, it smells like an upset, doesn't it? No, 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 because it's not no, obvious. Not it's not even obvious. close. It Don't smells like it smells uh, like it's... a bit of an upset. I'm, I'm still gonna uh, go with loud, but I'm just saying if it happens. Nose uh, no, 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 get your nose check. Get your nose What? What reason does it smell like an upset? I think. Riddle me that, Brandon. Just to listen, the inside agent that is Bazooka. He knows all about them, you know? He knows, listen, he knows every little thing about they WoW. They stopped the playing with though. him, and they still made a finals appearance and completely changed their style and played completely yeah, different I, I, compositions. Yeah, but this is why it team. smells like an upset to me. It's because it's just so fucking unlikely. It's just... They, they, Trolling. There's Trolling. no... There's no world where it really should be a reality where Loud oh lose, God. but I can... But then it's those realities that are most likely. No, Take that's not true! Hat. Put it away. That, okay, I mean, well, I'm just, I've exactly said my piece. You sound like a conspiracy theorist right now. Right now, It's like, you know, there's some really good reasons that JFK got shot. It kind of makes sense. It's a weird story. <laughs> but it, it wouldn't be crazy. Man, we were CIA so close involved. to making it through like, an entire episode without maybe getting demonetized. It happened. What right. is she oh, I've... saying? What is blood waffling about? I mean... <laughs> what 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 is, is going on? JFK get you demonetized? That's history. Dude, we gotta I'm go. We gotta this go. is 1984 so, if we get demonetized. We have two more matches. This is the second match of Sunday. We got Cloud9 versus the Evil Genius. Oh, God. Whoa, 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 whoa. Code, he, what are you he fuck, what's going on? You're gonna on? pred C9 and fuck off like this? Oh, he's just leaning back. What are you doing? <laughs> he's just swiveling in his chair. All right, I have two, I have a lot of twos here. Two syllables, upset. What? Uh, two players, Rooney, and is it Jakey or Jake? But I you know him know as Big Bean. They're gonna come in hot. MCE has scouted so many <laughs> players. Uh, he's, he scouted all of the guard we know and love. They're, good, they're definitely good enough to make it to the uh, franchise league, but they didn't make it because they're guard. Huh? And MC built that team. He is the coach of Cloud9. He is facing adversity with the rest of his players. He found Big Bean and Rooney, and they're going to come in hot, and they're going to take down EG 2-1. to one. They're going to they're gonna start off, they're going to get fucking rolled on the first map. I have no idea what it is, and then they're just going to win the next two. That is what so is going to happen. So you're saying this is like the EG choke storyline comes back, and like Big Bean drops 50? No, I think EG will look good, but Cloud9 will just look better. Oh, okay. That makes I love sense. EG. Shots I will say, Kurt, you might be smelling something right there. Okay, but I wanna. I want. I'm. I'm an EG predator. I think EG is the reasonable choice here. They're a team that has always been kind of the middle of the pack in North America, but they've always looked solid. They've always looked good. Did a little trolling in their game versus talent at lock-in, but young players nerfs. That kind of shit happens. You're playing against a team in Cloud Nine that is last minute changing your IGL, slotting in a new player. Neither of these players have played at a tier one level at a LAN in person from an audience before. It's an all new environment for them, and the expectation should be that this team will fail. But <laughs> MCE is the GOAT. I agree. Very good coach. Very good talent scout. I don't think he wanted to drop Yay in Vanity. I think Cloud9 did a, not even a little bit, not even a, a modicum, not even a large amount, a 
humongous quantity of trolling and they have set these two new players up to fail most of the community probably wants them to fail because they probably blame them for vanity and yay being out of franchising this year but rudy was actually a pretty good player when he played with sonics and i think that team had some really good ideas and i think he could maybe be a good addition to this roster are you changing your and bread? also no i'm not changing my pet hell no <laughs> eg's gonna fucking win this match and they're gonna stomp i'm selling the conspiracy theory with uh. curtis because i think it's not unreasonable to buy into the conspiracy theory a little bit here you're calling okay. this a conspiracy theory she did it's just mention JFK's assassination. She's definitely on yeah. that 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 mindset. But it's uh, in my I mind. Any money on this show anymore? I I don't know. I just please become a member. We need. I money. can't see it. <laughs> I, I I can't see it uh, happening. I don't know. I think the Cloud Nine are just. I I think that they can be okay. Uh, obviously, coaching staff good. The <clears throat> core players that are still there that didn't get dropped very good. But I think it's going to take some more time to to integrate. So I think it would be mm. a, a fucking giga choke. I have two more, two more reasons, oh, two more players. We got Leaf and Zeppa. They popped the frick off at at champ or not champions at lock in. They popped off. Uh, I forgot what my second point uh -huh. was. I can add one. Yeah, add it. Young players like this who've been grinding in tier two, tier three. They've got the most to prove, and opportunities like this don't come often. Sure. And sure. I think you'll either see two outcomes. They either crash and burn, because like we said, they haven't been set up to succeed particularly well by Cloud9, just in terms of the circumstances, or they exceed all expectations and absolutely giga-pound. And I think that Cloud9 also has enough talent, like you said, Kurt, like you mentioned, Leaf Sepper, um, and Zelsus as well. I think these guys are talented enough where they actually have that kind of like raw firepower mm. we saw that at lock-in and it's actually one of the things that i think is ever so slightly missing from eg they lean super heavily into set plays being pretty well prepped well versed and i think they struggle when someone hits them in the face really really hard um which we kind of witness with like a player like um Kellogg's, you know, like heretics, where you had Kellogg's just fucking Georgimo. For one half. Yeah, i have Georgimo. one word for you Georgimo. Georgimo was a Jesus great player Christ. George Moore is a great player. I'm not going to lie. He's a great player. I don't know what... Yeah, okay. George Moore is a great player. But I just wanted to add a bit more fuel to the fire that there could be a reality here. And also, I feel like a team like EG likes to be the underdogs. And this is a circumstance where suddenly it's been flipped on its head. They would have been the underdogs in the initial matchup. And now most people are expecting them to be the... Uh, for Cloud9 to be the underdogs just because they're, they've essentially added... A collegiate player and a tier two player to their to their roster, and they've got rid of that IGL, and they've got rid of the best player of twenty twenty two. By the way, they got rid of Yay. By the way, yeah. But also, we've yeah. seen a lot of honeymoon periods before, and this is a perfect opportunity for a honeymoon period. I could totally foresee uh, Cloud Nine winning this game and just shitting the bed immediately after. But they're winning this game. Uh, before we, I lost the magnet, so I have to hold this now. Um. Before we move on, I would like to make a public service announcement to the Valorant community. Sorry? <laughs> this is serious. This is serious. For once, this is something that is sincere. Um, Cloud9 did something that was pretty fucking stupid in dropping Vanity and Ye. Let's be honest. It was probably a very bad roster move. And let's also be honest that it kind of fucked over those players. Neither of them are going to get to be in franchising the split. We won't see either of them at an international event. Ye is unsigned. Vanity is the challenger's players. Those players do deserve to be playing at this level. And they got trolled by the org. But 
you need to separate the fact that the org trolled these players from the players that got picked up to replace them and the other members of this team. I don't think this was MCE's choice. I don't think this was any of the players' choice. I think this was an org decision. And I think that they did what they could with the situation. These two players have a fantastic opportunity to prove themselves and to maybe make some history and impress some people. And I think that's really cool. And well, what the whole situation sucks. Please, 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 please do not take this as an opportunity to hate on Jake or Rooney or shit on them because they are not the guys that fired Vanity and Ye. It's not their fault. Just if they play well, give them their fucking sunshine, give them their respect, give them their flowers because that is impressive in a really hard situation where they've been set up to fail. And if they don't, just be like, okay, that's kind of what we expected. Mimi W. But don't shit on them. Yeah, I agree. Mimi W. But I buy into the conspiracy that they are the ones that fired Yay and Vanity. So uh, I think that you should not. Uh, fully agree. Fully agree. Don't shit on those players. The if players they, uh, lose two their players match. outside the organization fired them. All right. We have one more match this week. It's the final match. It's the only match on Monday. And it's also a very good match. Leviathan versus NRG. I'm gonna be honest. I think this should have been the match. That, what? Oh, we what all, the fuck? No, you know, we just filled the stupid narrative that we all love NA so much. We all picked NRG over Leviathan. All of us. What? There's no, no way. It's not no, a guarantee. no, no, because it's not. It's that this match is so no. much closer. <laughs> you, <said laughs> you guys established that it was a guarantee, no matter what. The first yeah. time we did it. I'm changing my. I'm changing my. Because <laughs> that's too that's. You're allowed. I don't think this is a guarantee, but you guys established the the baseline that, that is any rule, four yeah. checks is a guarantee. Oh, so. Fuck! This is like the Jesus. most likely to go wrong. Yeah. This is <laughs> Sorry, like NRG. absolutely guaranteed to be just fucking farmed for engagements over and over again. Yeah, our picture sucked to be part too. Of it. We didn't even look good. Man, that that's sucked. tough. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I, I don't think that this is. I don't think this is no. particularly shocking at all to see that we have, we've all gone for this. Just given the way that energy played, um, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Lev kind of crumbled a little bit in their last their last match at lock in, whereas energy was like persevering the entire way through versus loud, playing the longest series that we had had at the event. Um, so yeah, I think you just kind of have to naturally. Yeah. go with them i mean obviously uh, lev like i don't want to disrespect them like they're a fucking incredible team i just think that energy has a bit more experience at this level and whatnot and and you know won't won't back down and won't get uh disrupted at all in their play style like if they drop a map or something i think that they'll, they'll just be able to close it out I, I would call them very soft favorites very soft to the point where this is like a, a very close to a coin flip but Leviathan have got so much going for them, man. I mean, King and um, Zeno are just like unbelievable anchor players when they're playing on, um, mm -hmm. on, on in particular, Senta, actually. Those guys play off of each other so fucking well. Um, they, look, they look really fucking clean. Shy on his new role looks, looks good, honestly, as well. The guy's like kind of being set up to succeed a lot of the time now that he's like the final player um, in when it comes to a lot of like now, when you think about the typical positions, the the positions of like a team when they're scaling or execing somewhere, like Shy actually given a bit more freedom to be uh, not the the third player in, fourth player in as like an initiator player has, has actually helped him out quite a bit. Um, and they are a really smart team. They have a ton of great ideas all the time. So are NRG, to be fair. But 
this this is going to be a fucking banger match, and I'm still pissed that we've all went NRG. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> sad about that one. Uh, I think this match is also like super exciting. I think it's going to be a really interesting like. I, this is such a cringe thing we see this every time, but it's going to be like a battle of the minds. Like, King's IGLing at Lock-In actually really impressed me. I think the, the mid-rounding for this team was good. There was times where they overcooked it. Their Pearl in particular, I felt like sometimes struggled with overdoing the mid-rounds a little bit. But going back to the example of like their Ascent and their Haven, this team is so fantastic at like getting an isolated opening pick and either insta-trading it into a situation that's still advantageous for them or getting Taco to safety because they just set him up so well for these opening engagements and then just playing really intelligent mid-rounds around that. I think part of that is King being a great IGL. Part of that is Taco being a great individual. And part of that is also, I think, the, the impact that Shai has been able to find with this role swap that you were talking about, Bren, on his lurks, on the attacking side. He's very good at holding space, just doing the sentinel things that you have to do. But it's very different from his old role. So that's super impressive. But energy as well. Like, super impressive team. They played very well at lock-in. Um, I think the new identity is cool, like the flexing around artists, giving him different roles, not just relying on the jet. I think there's a case to be made that maybe you lean more into his like jet star power maps. That is an option for them. But I also like the direction where they're using his flexibility to try different things. Um, and I think FNS as a caller and just the strong support players from the team have managed to leverage this. Also, Som playing. Fucking what a debut at lock-in. W streamer. It's just going to be a great match. Like I, I, I think this is match of the week, actually. I think we capped when we said it was 100 Thieves Sentinels. I'd agree with that. Okay. But you still agree well, that... Well, retroacting could, that, huh? You, yeah, you still agree curve. that Energy is going to win this game? Um, yep. I would you read them, them like 60-40. Okay. 60-40. Sixty forty guaranteed, though. God, I don't know. I don't know. It's like 50-50. Uh, I was so back and forth on this one. I think it's close to 50-50. Yeah. All right. I don't well, know. We can flip think. a coin. Why? We've already... It's we like just want to see what the coin has to say. Uh, yeah. Heads is energy. Tails is Leviathan. Let's flip it. Holy right. shit, it's well, a the coin guarantee. agrees with us. Energy oh, is going right. to win. That makes it five. There's no fucking the, way. How the fuck did you this find a no biased coin? Way. How did you find an NA biased coin? No fucking Where way. did you get it? All right. So, I wanted to say before we um, go to Wyatt's Weekly Award, that is it for today, everybody. Before we get to Wyatt's Weekly Award, I wanted to say that we will be doing predictions for EMEA and APAC. Uh, we will continue to obviously cover as much as we humanly can. But we just really, really wanted to get an episode out this week, which is why there's a lot of missing things that has happened that have happened and not doing predictions for other regions. So keep that in mind. We're not in any podcast, but this week we kind of are. All right. Just wanted to get that off my chest. Just some feelings why that I've been I'm having. Here. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that, Cup. People are <laughs> I love be in shambles. and Pacific. Yeah. I actually do. The games there have actually been really, really good. If you have, like... No job or anything else. You should just like watch every game because they've actually like <laughs> all been really, really good. And I think America's is going to be really, really good. And um, Amia has been really, really good. Like this format, cool. Me like thank you, right? All the regions, like yeah. live, live. <laughs> no, not helpfully. Absolutely not. I think Sliggy's basically all been the doing regions that. And we'll see how he does with, it, with Americas, but. I know that Sliggy's been watching Pacific God. and then 
like turning off his I stream mean, and then tuning when... back in for EMEA and then <laughs> right now I think he was just watching Moist versus G2, which Moist lost by the way. No one cares about that. That is insane. We were in the the like the I, I wanna call it the LCS studio, but it's the, the Riot Games studio thing now. The the place where the America's League is happening. Um mm -hmm. and we were in like the like the kitchen place where they have like a smoothie bar. Yes, I love working at a tech company. Um <laughs> and <laughs> No, no, it's actually balls? it's a, no no uh, balls like to bounce. Oh, the energy drink. I don't think so. Oh, balls. They used to, yeah, they used to have balls energy drink in the in the fridge at the the riot the camp. Well, they have. No, I they didn't have see balls. any balls. They have Red Bull now because it gives you wings. Yeah, but, but they like, used to have balls. Do they have balls? They don't have balls anymore. Riot took the balls away. God damn it! They're sponsored by Red Bull and like everything, aren't they? Why? why yeah, would Red they Bull. Think so? Red Bull took the balls away. Well, because sometimes maybe you want to drink something that isn't a Red Bull. No, you also only drink energy. No, 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 no. The only thing you drink that's not Red Bull is Heineken 0 0.0. Yeah, there's a lot like of Heineken, Heineken in the riot offices. It kind of smells, yep. but if you like Heineken, it's it's all right. <laughs> um, the office of the Heineken or both? Both. both. What smells? Okay. Both. It's alcohol free. Don't worry. Yeah. It's alcohol free. Heineken yeah. sure. 0.0. Of course. Icebox. All right. What was I going to say? What was my point? Oh, I had a point. I had a point. Smoothie, I had a point. Bar, smoothie bar. On the TV, they had a League of Legends stream going on where a guy was co-streaming just in bed. Just sleeping <laughs> in bed. And I think that more Valorant co-streamers should do that, honestly. Trout did that. Did he? Oh, oh yeah. You were oh, really like, sad about that. We woke up to like fucking, I don't know, throw seeds at our field and milk the cows at like five in the morning for the Berlin event. Was it a Berlin event in yep. 2021? What Holy about, yeah. shit, that was so early. And then uh, I think we were like, we were the only ones co-streaming with, Sh with along with Shroud because no one wanted to wake up that early. And you turn you tune into Shroud stream and he's just sleeping. He was just snoozing. He was just kipping. <laughs> like yeah, in his gamer chair, did he like set up a camera for? I think he was bed? on the couch. Yeah, he was on the That's couch. That's kind of awesome. He yeah. looked very comfortable. Yep. He was drinking milk. <laughs> um, I mean, me started this stream. In the bed. Why is my camera yeah. frozen? Oh no. There we go. Oh, oh it's oh, unfrozen. Okay. okay. There we go. I'm ready for bed though. Can I'm ready wrap, for please? bed, but before we sign off, let's do Oh god. Oh, Executive I... decision. This week, the award it's going to the Lake Travis U6 2011 Fall Soccer Champions, baby. They held it down for Texas. You know what I'm saying? Goals only. Big goals. Won the grand finals. Fuck you talking about. <laughs> I noticed that as soon as I press the button, we just like our internet tanks, so we may have missed the beginning of that. But the Wyatt Smoothie Award it apparently got vetoed by Wyatt in the video there to the Lake Travis U6 2011 Youth Soccer Champions. So they are going to win the Wyatt Smoothie Award. I actually had two people in mind that are not going to win the award because. Lake Travis U6 2011 Honorable soccer champions. But the honor mentions are yeah. Rivington for giving me a place to live. I drove here from Austin, Texas to LA. I showed up and he cooked me a meal you like drove. 11 o'clock. Yeah. That's awesome. I drove 23 hours oh to, uh, I, I took a stop in Tucson. It was actually a very nice drive. So shout out to Riv. Also shout out to Ito who helped build this runner show, who is actually also living with us as well. So big shout out to them. But they are not. Yeah. The winners of why it's weekly award. <laughs> Shout out to Lake Travis, U6 2011 Youth Soccer Champions. Well deserved. Let's well deserved. Good goals, Let's boys. Go. Good goals, boys. Yeah. Good goals. How, how Good old goals. do you think they are now? If they were like five at the time, they must be like nine. Um, nine, 
11. Probably like 20. I mean, it, it, the like game was recent. Now. Wait, they're like our target audience now. Holy shnikes. Wait, guys, if you're from Lake Travis, <laughs> find me the U6 soccer team. Where are they? Have them watch this podcast. Let them see their appreciation. <laughs> Jesus, can you, can Jesus you imagine Christ. if they are... They, can you imagine if you were part of that team and you're watching this podcast now? And that just—I happened. would not want to identify myself after what I. Just you would—you would think you were part of a simulation like that. Would—that would alter my mind if that happened. Like, there's just no mm. fucking way. You uh, would become the main character. It's if that too happened. specific. It's too specific. I would—you would have to like lock me up. I just don't know how I would be able to go out, go about in the world anymore. That's—it's so fucking specific. I yep. love your room, Brian. It looks so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm—I'm I'm ready for bed. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to speed this along. Hopefully this episode was fun to listen to. I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment after the live stream ends. I enjoyed this episode. Thanks, uh, thanks a lot for doing it. And then put like the pants emoji. That's how we know. Put it in your own words though. Put yeah. it in your own words so we don't no, get... No, you have to verbatim write that. No, no, no. No, then, no, no, no. No, no, no. Put it in your own I think that's... We already got there is no autonomy here. You must... Uh... You must obey. Uh, All right. We're out. Also, Thank you. Uh, wait, guys, make uh, sure to click the member button so we can talk about JFK's assassination on the podcast and still make money from this. Yep. So do that. That's true. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Always a pleasure.